say good morning, church. I want the better church this morning. Let's go to our God in prayer, amen. Father, thank you so much for our lives, God. Thank you so much for preaching the word, Father God. Thank you so much for preaching us into existence, God. Thank you so much, Father God, for the breath of life, Father. We're able to read our Bibles in public. We're able to meet together, Father God, without having the fear of persecution, God. So grateful, Father God, that we're able to meet together, Father. So we're able to worship the only creator, the only God, the Abba Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I pray, Father, please speak to me this morning, Father. To preach any insecurity out of our hearts, to preach any criticality out of our hearts, and to preach our future selves into existence. I love you. We praise all your name. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. The title of the sermon today is Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Not preach your feelings. Not preach your doubts. Not preach about your dating life. Don't preach about the bad quiet time you may have had today. Don't preach about the past week you may have had. Don't preach about the satanic thoughts that you just had even right in this moment. Don't preach. No, no, it says preach the words. Not your opinion. Not preach false teaching. Preach the words. You know, meaning of preaching the Greek means to be a herald, to officiate as a herald. To be a herald means to be a personal thing viewed as a sign that something is about to happen. Preaching makes things happen. So if things aren't happening, we need to preach the word. You know, there are three kinds of people in this world. Those who wonder what happened, those who watch it happen, and those who make it happen. Question is, which one are you today? You know, we, we say we all want to see change in the world. Yet, as we learned last week, we are the catalyst of change. We can be the change we want to see. But the only way for things to change is for every single one of you to preach the words. To preach the word. I hope you guys are with me in 2 Timothy Timothy chapter 4. It says in verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. So the the scripture basically highlights that God is going to judge you whether you're alive or dead. You know, what would God's judgment say about the campus ministry? Is the campus ministry alive and well? No, no, no. I said, is the campus ministry alive and well? Okay, okay, maybe. Okay. Are the singles ministry alive and well? Okay, what what would God's judgment say about the women's ministry? Is the women's ministry alive and well? I said, is the women's ministry alive and well? What will God's judgment say about the brothers? Is the men's ministry alive and well? Is the men's ministry alive and well? What will God's judgment say about the Birmingham church? Is the Birmingham church 
alive and well. I said, is the Birmingham Church alive and well? That's one. It says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the words. Be prepared in and out season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience. So you can't preach without great patience. And careful instruction. And the church says, Amen. So as disciples, we're not merely required to know the word. We're not required just to, to, to like the word. We're required to preach the word. In the AMP version of the scripture, it says this in verse 2. It says, preach the word as an official messenger. So when God's like, hey, preach the word, he's like, you are verified. You are my verified messenger. He says, be ready when the time is right and even when it is not. So we're called to preach the word whether the time is right or not. Meaning of when the time is right, it means exactly at the time required or agreed upon. Right when someone or something is most needed, suitable, or expected. So we may not always agree with the time that's right to preach or not. Yet in a time when we're called to preach, we are needed the most. Do you see that you're called to preach in the time where you're needed the most? You know, when we're called to preach, it is the most suitable time. When God has called you to become a disciple and to preach the word, it is at the most suitable time. So if you're studying the Bible, this is the right time to preach the word. This is the right time to preach the word. You could have, we, 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 we could, you could have the opportunity to preach before, but the Bible says that this is the right time to preach the word. And I know for result, Elijah has decided that the time is now to preach the word as he will become a disciple today. You know, I want to share during the EMC. You know, the night before, uh, before the men's program, so the EMC, for those who don't know, is the European Missions Conference, because we're a worldwide-based family, where all our churches worldwide in Paris, Amsterdam, Berlin, Sweden, Paris, yes, we're an international church, from Edinburgh, from, 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 from all over Europe, come together for one, for, for one time uh, in October, where we just talk about how to evangelize Europe. Amen. Right, because we understand that Paul evangelized Europe in the Bible, amen? Yeah. And so we're just replicating what the Bible says, amen? amen. And so what do we see here is that when all, when all the, the guys came together for the European Missions Conference in October 2022, of course I got invited out to the speaker's dinner. But I wasn't speaking. So I was like, why am I getting invited out? And so I had, of course, our, our lovely leader, of course, Michael Williamson. You know, the Holy Spirit just floating through him. Just come to my shoulders, put his hands on my shoulder. I said, hey, bro, are you preaching? I'm like, no. He's like, okay, I've got something for you. So he, he literally led me to his table, gave me a sheet of paper and says, okay, you're preaching tomorrow morning. And for me, my emotions are, I need more time. I need more time. I need more time. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared in my mind. But then what does the Bible say? So you've got to be prepared in and now of season. So, you know, if I were to go up to any disciple in this room and probably just replicate the same thing, would you be ready to preach the word? Elijah's ready to preach the word right now. Would you be ready to preach the word? Would you be ready to preach the word? 
You know, and also during the MC, I was encouraged to preach the word of love. It wasn't my ideal timing. But the Bible says you gotta preach the word when the time is right or when it's not. And dare we say that this word, this word of love had a ring to it. Had a little ring to it. Just, just, just a little ring. Just a little ring. I, I desired to do it at the end of the year. But God was like, no, 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 you gotta hurry up. And there we say amen. I'll be honest. I go, I'm, I'm about to get married to the most beautiful, spiritual woman of God, Rebella Obama City Perjo. Amen. But really, preaching the word of love is preaching God, amen. Because who is love? God. Preaching the word. The scripture goes on to say this in the AMP version keep your sense of urgency. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Whether convenient or inconvenient. You know, we've always got to preach with a sense of urgency. Meaning of urgency means importance requiring swift action. Preaching calls people to swift action. Preaching calls people to change. Preaching calls people to make decisions. You know, Abraham Lincoln shared about a speech he, had, he heard on a Sunday afternoon. And he said it was powerful, articulate, biblically accurate, scriptural, but it failed because it didn't call me to do something great. Wow. You know, preaching calls us to do something great. Question is, have you settled for good? We got to preach the word, amen? amen. The scripture also states we got to preach whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. When we want to and when we don't want to. Whether convenient or inconvenient. You know, we went to late Bible study. The whole, we didn't sleep, basically, last night. Doing count the cost. Hearing a sin list nearly two hours long. Some brothers fell away in their heart and fell asleep. I'm not trying to call out, you know, Daniel Latigo. You know, Levard had spurts right there. He was partially committed. I know Jeffrey wouldn't be falling asleep, though. Maybe he did, but... But you got to preach the word, whether convenient or inconvenient. We preach whether there's fruit or no fruit. We preach whether encouraged or discouraged. We preach whether sick or in health. You know, we live in a part of the world where there's four seasons. I tell you the truth. This morning, as disciples, we only preach in two seasons. In and out of season. As disciples, we're called to preach the word. Remember, that's the title. Preach the word. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Point number one. And the only point we're having today. The one point sermon. Is God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Luke chapter 3. You know, as a church, we're in the book of Luke. And last week we saw the birth of Jesus and how he was the catalyst of change. And we saw last week the catalyst of all nations. The salvation, that salvation is for all nations, amen. amen. The catalyst of good news, I hope you're preaching good news, amen. amen. And that disciples, we are also the catalyst of change, amen. amen. 
What do we understand about the book of Luke is that Luke emphasizes how John the Baptist, what we see in Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. And Luke chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, outlines a few things. From verse 1 to 2, we see the historical setting of John's ministry. From verses 2 to 3, we see John's preaching a baptism of repentance. And from verse 4 to 6, Isaiah's promise of a preparer for salvation. We're going to be focusing on verse 1. So what we see here is that, G, that, that John is preparing the stage for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Verse 1. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Ituria, and Trachonitis. can never get this word right. Lysanias, Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. So what, what do we see here? First of all, we see Luke listing the political leaders of their region. Right. right? John and Jesus served in this time. Like any good historian, Luke gave a real historic framework. And this historical background further validates the accuracy of Luke's gospel, both for the original audience and also for us today. So to break down each one of the leaders to help you understand, we'll go through one by one. Yeah. Yeah. Tiberius was an emperor. Yep. Known for his cruelty and severity. Mm. Pontius Pilate was also renowned for his brutal massacres of the Jewish people in Judea and his insensitivity towards the Jews. The rulers from the family of Herod the Great, Herod, Philip, and Lysanias, were known for their corruption and cruelty. And by this time, however, the religious system had already been corrupted. The Roman government was appointing its own religious leaders to maintain a greater control over the Jews. They wanted to oppress the Jews. However, apparently the Roman authorities had disposed the Jewish appointed Annas, which was, which was uh, the Jewish appointed uh, religious leader, and had replaced him with his son-in-law, Caiaphas. Yet Annas retained his title and the power carried on because the Jews believed that the high priest position is there for life. Right? And so they would, of course, go to Annas for that, being the high priest. Yet Jewish leaders were more interested in power politics than serving God. Despite the fact that all these men were subject to Rome and responsible for keeping peace in their respective lands, we also see the complexity of the political and religious setting into which John's ministry began. Mm. <clears throat> there were many parties and concerns with which one had to deal. However, the data in this time placed us in 29 AD. God began to move in history and manifest his salvation. Mm. So it was in this setting that the word of God came through a prophet. It was in this setting that the word of God broke the 400 years of silence. It was in this setting that the word of God was preached. Dare we say the word of God came at a time of corrupt leadership. What do we understand from this? Is that there's no such thing as the perfect circumstances for the word of God to be preached. That is in these circumstances that there is a dire need, more need for the word of God to be preached. We live in a time of corrupt leadership yeah. where LGBTQ is becoming a norm. Yeah. That's leading the nations. Yeah. Where women are now leading the men. Yeah. And men are trying to be women. Yeah. Corrupt leadership. Yeah. Who's the leader of this world? Who's the prince of peace? Satan. Yeah. Satan is thriving yeah. right now. And we are called to preach the word in corrupt leadership. Come on, bro. There will never be the most perfect conditions to preach the word. How do we know this? In Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, in the AMP version, 
It says he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. So if something that's happened in an event of time was moved to a different place and happened at a different time, too early or too late, it wouldn't have been beautiful or appropriate at that time. The meaning of appropriate means suitable or proper in circumstances. God knows the suitable and proper circumstances when it's just right. Which means he knows that of which is an appropriate time and what of which is an inappropriate time. Synonym for appropriate is convenient. God made things happen at his convenience. God does things in his time. Meaning of convenient means fitting in well with a person's needs, activities, and plans. So when God calls you, you fit his needs in his plans. In his specific plan. So when he's called you to wow. preach, you are, you are literally ripe for the picking. You, this is the right time. Because all the time people say, I don't, I don't know how to preach. No, no, you're called to preach. Mm. There's no, remember, what's the point? God qualifies the called. Right. He doesn't call the qualified. Nope. If he wanted the right speakers, he would have called the right speakers. Yeah. So when God comes to you at the most inconvenient time of your life, God says, it's the right time. Or dare we say, he said, it's about time. Most of the time, God's convenience is our inconvenience. So if something comes in our convenience, it's not of God. It's not God's timing. And if it's not God, it's Satan. Satan wants to give you what God may want to give you out of God's timing. However, the Bible says in Acts 17 verse 26 to 28, that God is determined times and places. Right. Why? Because in verse 27 it says God did this so they would seek him. So he's like, in this time, you, he has a picture of you seeking him. In that time, the scripture says would. Would. So he, see, he has the, he's like, hey, this guy will seek me. He has the faith in you that you'll seek me with all of your heart. But he can't force you. So there's two versions. You can either allow this to, to, to decide to seek God for your heart and to preach the word. Or just have, have the pain of remaining the same. Because we learned from a couple of weeks ago, God wants you to go to the next level. So God coming this, in, in this inconvenient time is actually calling you to the next level. Question is, are you afraid of growth? And last time I checked, growth is painful. I've never seen, I, I've never seen like, especially when the tooth falls out, you're like, oh, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. That's fine. It's painful. Especially for those who go to the gym. If it's super easy, I, it's called work out. Not just show out. Work out. That's why I love the scriptures. The Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I love the Bible, amen. Talks about working out, amen. But everything has just the right time. Just the right time. You know, imagine going to a restaurant. And the steak is not well done. It was taken out at the wrong time. You know, I know some people like their, their steaks rare. Amen. 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 Bleeding, still alive. But it's not good if a steak's not done at all. So God knows when it's the right time for you to become a disciple. Even for the disciples, God knows it's this time for you to be a disciple. And to stay a disciple. Yeah. And to fight for your discipleship. Yeah. Amen? Amen? God knows when it's the right time to preach the word. Yeah. So God decided for John 
in this time to preach in a time of corruption. Mm-hmm. Yet the Bible says it's, it's in these circumstances. Mm-hmm. What happens? Let's continue reading Luke chapter 3. Hope you guys are with me. Yeah. At the end of verse 2. It says, in these circumstances, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And this wasn't John the Baptist yet. This was just John. So it came to John when he had no qualification. He had no example of, 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 of baptizing. Yet he was like, I see this guy. This guy has the capability to preach the words. He was just like, my name is John. Anything else? That's it. My name is John. Just like when Elijah came for the first time. He's just like, my name is Elijah. Now we've nicknamed him Icebreaker Eli. You know, because, of course, you know, as all of us come into the kingdom, we come in a bit, you know, unique. And a bit uh, weird. You know, I look back to my old self. I don't think I'd associate with my old self. But why why do I say this? Because John, before he was the Baptist, was pretty unique. He wore camel's hair for clothes. Camel's hair. Camel's hair. And he ate wild locusts and honey. Sounds like a cranking diet. And this is, this, this is what's powerful, family, is that he grew up in the wilderness. What does this highlight? No one's too far to receive the word of God. No one's too far to receive the call of God. He was in the wilderness. So when people say, how about that guy on the lonely island can get the call of the word of God? Well, the word of God says that it's not too far to reach into the wilderness. You know, you were in the wilderness one time. And it should stay in the wilderness, amen? Because we're brand new, born again, amen? The Bible says in Luke 1 verse 80, this was backs up that John was grown up in the wilderness. It says, and the child grew up and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he publicly appeared to Israel. Wow. So this scripture in Luke 1 verse 80 says that he literally grew up in the wilderness. So this guy's skin was thick. <laughs> it was thick. Probably a lot of melanin as well. But it was thick. So this guy was tough. Because you could question, you could question why, was, why did God allow him to be born in the wilderness? To give him some character. Because imagine you're thrown into the wilderness. Ah, oh, it's too hot. Ah, oh, it's too cold. Where's, where, where's, my, where's my TV? Where's my Netflix? Where's my mobile phone? There's no signal here. Yeah, because weak connection with the world is stronger connection with God. Because when you see Jesus in the scriptures, he often withdrew to the wilderness. Separated from the world. Focus on connection with God. So maybe sometimes we need to revisit the wilderness. See how hungry and barren we were for the word of God. We were, des- we were desiring for the word of God to be preached. We were, desi- we, were, we were craving for it. Remember those days? Don't ever forget those days. Don't ever forget where you came from. The only reason why you should look back is to see how far you've come. It's the only reason why you should look back. 
only reason. God designed us to look forward. We literally cannot look back. Just appreciate where you've come from and keep stepping. But what's powerful, what it says in Luke 1 verse 80, it says, and the child grew and became strong, which means he started out weak. He became strong. So as he grew, he became strong in spirit. So as he grew, he grew, he grew spiritually. So as we grow older, we should be growing spiritually. Question is, are you in the same place as you were last year? Because we're just getting started in Birmingham. Because again, in order to grow, we got to go. Sometimes the old us has, to, has got to go. God could have chosen anyone to preach the word. Yet the word of God came to John. A man who could have been seen as an outcast to society. Looked down upon. The person that you clearly don't share your faith with. Yet he was the one called to preach the word. You know, he could have been seen as the outca- an outcast to normal society. Oh, he doesn't look normal. He doesn't look normal. Yeah, according to 1 Corinthians one twenty seven, God chooses the foolish things to shame the wise. God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So it's okay to be weak. Just stay fully committed. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God used unschooled, ordinary men, in the Greek idiots, to spread the word in the first century, to preach the word. So he could have chosen, he could have chosen all, he could have chosen the guy with all the talent. He could have chosen the man or the man or woman with all the power, all the influence, all the money. But yet God doesn't make mistakes. We are God's chosen instrument. I tell you the truth today, you are not a mistake. It's not a mistake that you're here today. You are not a mistake. Repeat after me. I am not a mistake. I am not a mistake. Now say it like you believe it. I am not a mistake. Romans 11, 29 says the call of God is irrevocable. So God did not make a mistake with you. We have a purpose. We have a purpose. And as a result of John receiving the word, God goes on, well, it says in verse 3, it goes on to say this. He went into all the country around the Jordan. It didn't say he thought about it. I have this, I have this time to, to, to become a disciple, to preach the word. But I'm going to go think about it for a bit. I'm going to go research online a bit. I'm going to go pray about it. I'm going to read the Bible, which clearly is the word of God already telling me what to do, but I'm going to read the Bible a bit more to try and find something, a loophole. A loophole just, just to see that there must be contradictions in the Bible. There must be. No, the scripture says he went to all. Not even, he, didn't neg- he, went to ev- he went everywhere. He didn't neglect one place around the Jordan. Because I am sharing with, it's like going to the you know, University of Birmingham, I'm sharing with every single person in this food court. Amen, Carmen Williamson. That's like, you know, Carmen and, uh, you know, Callum going all over Wolverhampton saying, I'm going to share with every single person I see. That's like the commentary Bible talk with Cain and Victoria saying, I'm going to share with every person I see. That's like the birds of prey Bible talk saying, I'm going to share with all the women I see. 
That's like a soul food Bible talk. Show me all those cranky single professionals. I'm gonna show every person I see. That's like all the campus Bible talks, life Bible talk. CIA Bible talk. Saying I'm going to share with every person I see. The scripture says he went. He went. Didn't say he complained about his upbringing, that he was brought up in the wilderness. He didn't care. Like he, he, the scripture says he didn't. He didn't just go and, and say he didn't have the experience. I'm not qualified. I don't know how to speak. That he, that, that he, he made the excuse saying I didn't have the perfect conditions. Because remember, Zechariah and Elizabeth were old. He's like, hey, I don't even have young parents to teach me. No, my parents are old. No, he went. The scripture says he went preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As soon as he received the call of God, he was like, I'm going to go preach. So, as soon as, so, so literally, the person that you share with, you can, call, you can cause them to preach. Because you preach the word. You don't preach your doubts. You don't preach your past failures. You preach the word. And what's powerful is that no one forced him. No one forced him to go preach. He just went to go preach. He wasn't forced. He willingly decided. He willingly decided to go. Just like Christine Adam is willingly deciding to go to God's God. Amen. And he didn't just go to one place. He went to all places surrounding the Jordan. Why? Because he couldn't keep the word to himself. I could probably see him singing. I couldn't keep it to myself. He's probably rep- like waiting for the sister to reply. Oh, uh. Amen. I'm in the wilderness. But he's chosen us to preach the word. You know, I believe everyone's a preacher. But the question is, what are we preaching? What message are you preaching? You know, I don't know about you guys, but I can sometimes find myself preaching the message of insecurity. Preaching the message of weakness, of doubt, of criticality. And it's not just preaching to others. It's also preaching to yourself. What do you preach to yourself? You're just like John, we're called to preach the word in order to prepare the way for Jesus. Yeah. You know, just imagine when everyone preaches the word. Everyone in the Birmingham church just preaches the word. Mm. Just imagine. Can you picture that? Can, can you just picture that for a second? Yeah. Like as soon as Elijah gets out the water, he says, I'm going to preach the word. Yeah. That Lavar, whenever he overcomes his doubts, he says, I'm going to go preach the word. Yeah. That as soon as you leave this room, you're like, I'm going to go preach the word. On the way to the baptism, I'm going to share on the way. I'm going to preach. I'm going to make. I'm going to change something. I am a catalyst of change because you clearly go over the notes of the last sermon. You don't just forget it and so and so for the amen, right? 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 I don't just lose. Okay, amen. I'm not going to sleep. No, simply for me, amen. Don't lose sleep to preach the word. We preach the word in and out season. Just imagine if when every single person preaches the word, what you produce a different level of, of faith. Different level, different level. Like there's, there's more than just one Elijah. Because what we're doing is preaching our church into existence. We're preaching history into existence. Preaching our church into existence. And it starts with us. We are the subtotal of what we think. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, 23 verse 7 in the KJV, for as he thinketh, so is he. We are the church. We think ourselves a conqueror. We are conquerors. We think ourselves victors, we are victors. We think ourselves a champion, we are a champion. However, preach limits to yourself, you'll be limited. We've got to preach limits out of yourself. Preach ourselves into existence. 
Preach discipline into existence. Preach mediocrity out of existence. Preach studies into existence. Preach miracles into existence. Preach doubt out of existence. Preach the church into existence. How do we refute false teaching? Preach the word. How do we combat doubt? Preach the word. How do we call people out of their sin? Preach the word. In closing, I know it's a short sermon today, but the challenge is simple. Preach yourself into existence. Preach a you that will thank you in 365 days from now. Have a lifestyle of preaching. Not only to yourself, but preaching your quiet times, preaching your prayers, preaching your worship. Never being ashamed of who God has called you to be. We are in a room for the preachers of today and tomorrow. Preaching produce Elijah, but it doesn't stop there. I love you and to God be all the